You are listening to the Once Upon a Stream podcast. I'm your host, Maddie Shook, along with my co-host, Megan Mann. Hi! And to start things off of what we are covering today, Megan, I have one question for you. Yes? What team? Wildcats! What team? Wildcats! What team? Wildcats! Wildcats, get your head in the game! We are covering... I had to. I had to. You had to. I understand. Also, I love that it's ingrained. I knew exactly how many times to ask what team. Exactly. It is what it is. Anywho, <laughs> if you're lost, which I'm not sure. By now. This will be a very strange episode if you don't know what we're referring to just by that. We are talking about the High School Musical trilogy. So, as far as the DCOMs of High School Musical 1 and High School Musical 2, and then the theatrical release of High School Musical 3. We will get into the spinoff series next week, but today we are talking about the original, the original trilogy. Not the other original trilogy that is much discussed on the internet. <laughs> this one's simply just not discussed enough. It is not, and it wouldn't. It doesn't have the fandom problems that the other one has. So, so there we go. So, <laughs> Megan, did you watch High School Musical when it premiered on Disney Channel on January two thousand six? No. And I felt like I was the only one. I no, I didn't. I didn't want to. I'm very particular in terms of musicals. And also, that might have been like the time that decom musicals may have... Not been great. Past you, with the exception, obviously, of the Cheetah Girls, which we will cover later. But... Right. But, not great in gen. Very true. So, no, I did not felt like I was the only one. Everyone kept asking me, did you watch it? Did you watch it? It was on like 32 times. Well, did you watch it? No, I didn't watch it any of the 32 times it was on. I actually did not watch it until after I had watched High School Musical 2 premiere because everyone kept saying, oh my god, oh my god, High School Musical 2 premiere this weekend. I gotta watch it. I gotta watch it. And I was like, I don't see what it's all about. And I remember everyone was at a football game because I was in high school and everyone was at a football game and I remember... There used to be, my old kitchen used to be set up where there was like a very long thing with cabinets underneath it. And we had a TV on top of it that looked into our dining room. And I remember I like took a shower and was sitting in my towel and was like eating a snack. And I was like, oh, it's about to start. I might as well just watch it. And then I didn't move and watch the whole thing. And I was like, well, now I have to watch the first one. Into it. Yes. Yeah, because it was a phenomenon. Like, it was everywhere as far as anyone, I would say, under 20 years old. Yeah. We'll just kind of cap it by that. Because you were in high school, I was in middle school, that it was pervasive as far as everyone listened to it, the soundtrack was everywhere, all of that. I didn't watch it premiere episode either. However, I do remember as far as around that same time because that episode when they did premiere High School Musical that was also when they released 
the first trailer for an upcoming TV series called Hannah Montana, which oh yes, which sets the, it sets the scene, a different era, so many a very layers, different era. <laughs> oh, the fashion, hmm. but as far as. I had missed it as far as when it aired, didn't record it either, but I did see the phenomenon occur. My, actually, my seventh grade PE teacher was, like, super obsessed with the HSM soundtrack, and so she, like, played it while we did, like, our exercises, starting things off, so I have distinct memories of, like, doing sit-ups to bop to the top and, like, running the, like, track during Get Your Head in the Game, and so... That, that's a special piece of my childhood there. But what's funny, I finally saw it that July, is my family was on a cruise where they do, like, the movies on the, like, Jumbotron over the pool in the evenings. And most of the time they're, like, PG-13 fair and all that. But they had, a, like, a family-friendly night for, like, the kids on the ship. But my family and I, we were on the top deck watching it. And so going through, but just adjacent to us, there was a group of like 40 something women that were, was asted and literally <laughs> like margarita in each hand, full on like dirty dancing to get your head in the game. That, Which is, you know, totally normal for anyone to do when they hear that song. Totally this, normal. This was before I knew what the term twerking was, but yeah, they were twerking. <laughs> Like, but white lady twerking, which is just kind of awkward and sad. But as far as, then they were asked to leave during Get Your Head in the Game and they went elsewhere. But I always associate the first movie to that first time I saw it. But anywho, I fell in love because the songs are great. The story's just kind of fun and cheesy. And I strongly identified with Miss Sharpay Evans. Mm-hmm. Because the Tiz is an icon and I love her. It's true facts. And so let's just get into it movie by movie. We're going to do this. So High School Musical, the OG, the one that started it all January 20th, 2006. Yeah. And so what I always find funny is then you get like the people that were in like the generations previous and stuff. They're like, oh, that was just your grease. And I'm like, okay, there's story parallels in terms of the like, the leads meet on vacation and then they come back from break and she's at the school now and there's like complications between like the groups and whatnot but then it does wildly divert into a much more positive message in terms of the girl doesn't completely change herself for him they just both diversify their interests basically and get closer to each other and their friends just become more accepting of said diversification of interests. Right. And so you don't have the leather catsuit moment, if you will. And there's also not, like, the other problematic elements of Greece. <laughs> True. True. And once again, just to kind of talk about in terms of part of what makes this movie great, Directed and choreographed by the iconic Kenny Ortega. True. Because Kenny, man, he just... He knows how to make them hits. 
he does and that was one of the things that kind of led in the phenomenon is that they did do like there were sing-along re-releases and then they did the version where like each commercial break they had the cast teach the choreography so like i know parts of we're all in this together still and i totally know all of bob to the top like I, which is great i know i know some of the ones from the second movie Yes, because I remember they did it for the second movie, too, of, like, all for one I, like, s- vaguely remember, but the first movie, it was, like, it's dynamic choreography, but also simple enough that the kids at home could learn it, and so that's kind of a fun part of it. I love that. So let's let's get into the characters as far as of HSM the OG. So we start off with Troy Bolton, an icon. <laughs> But, you know, so this is what started Zac Efron as far as he had just guest starred on, like, Everwood, I think, and, like, different, like, little, was it like, ev- smaller TV. It no, was, I like, thought ev- it was, um. Summerland or something it like was, that. Yeah, Summer, I'm going to look it up because it was, like, Summer. Summer something. Was it Summerland? I don't know, I'm looking. And then there was that Lifetime movie where he played an autistic kid and it's, like not well done and kind of yikes filled but this, listen gonna... let's put things in perspective about Zac Efron and High School Musical not his best work uh, we can't say that it's his best because it's it's not it's not it's it's it's, it's not we, that's there's... why I was always so surprised that he became the phenomenon that he was right because if you watch the first High School Musical you're like, oh, okay, this works in a Disney Channel original movie, but not... And even that he became, like, the heartthrob... Summerland, yeah, you were right. Summerland, okay. And he had his gap. It was the hair, I guess. And he, he did have great, great chemistry with Vanessa. But not sure everyone realizes, but Zac Efron only sang about, like, 16 measures of music in the first High School Musical movie. And the main vocals were from one Drew Seeley, who did other Disney projects. Well, first off, the HSM tour. And then um, also as far as Sing Dance With Me and Cheetah Girls 2, possibly one of my favorite DCOM songs of all time. And then also, what, I'm not sure if it was either straight to DVD or it was a freeform original. But another Cinderella story, the one with that hit, was no Selena Gomez and Selena Gomez's dance double. That was that the second one. I didn't think that was the second one, was it? A Cinderella story. I thought that was. It was called another Cinderella story. Yeah, but wasn't she the third one? Oh no, I guess it. Yeah. I remember that because she wanted to be a dancer and she went to the dance and she had on a red masquerade mask and her red dress and she did like a tango number at the dance and she's like, oh my God, I must go. And then what's hilarious about it is literally any dancing shot that they never show Selena's face and you're like, it's so obviously not her. Man. Oh, I know. That's the really tragic part of that. Man, there are a lot of Cinderella stories. There's a Cinderella story, another Cinderella story, uh, a Cinderella story, Once Upon a Song. That one had Lucy Hale. Um, uh, A Cinderella story, If the Shoe Fits, 
also about dancing with Sophia Carson. And then in 2019, there was another one called A Christmas Wish. Make it stop. I know. And they had Greg Sulkin from all of the shows like Wizards of Waverly Place and Runaways. Yeah. And other things. Yes. Wow, that was a lot. Sorry. That was just a lot of them. There's going to be many a tangent. Sorry. Because this is just... (laughs) Sorry. Because all of the pop culture of this era is just interconnected with each other. Because you get like... HSM led to Drew Seeley, to Selena Gomez, and Miley Cyrus cameoed in the second one. It's just like a perfect era of so many things. Oh yeah, isn't she at the pool party? She's at the pool party. Yes, I remember! Oh my god, I forgot about that until just now. But we're getting ahead of ourselves, because that's the second movie. Sorry, we're still talking about the first one. Yeah, so Drew Seeley did the vocals, and oh, also other credit to him, he was the original Broadway Prince Eric, and as far as in the Little Mermaid Broadway adaptation. We love that. We do. A, a real prince. So I always feel like Zac Efron should like send Drew Seeley an animal arrangement or something. Like, like once a year. Thanks for helping me get famous. It's kind of like how <laughs> Tom Cruise sends um, Kirsten Dunst a cheesecake every year. It's, like She calls it her cruise cake. Exactly. Like, But I think that it's like a Christmas cake. It's it's more of that kind of thing, but but still, Zephron, you need to send Drusilla a cake because every year or an edible arrangement, preferably. Absolutely, because you owe the dude. Let's be real. Because if it wasn't for him, you wouldn't have gotten that. Well, we'll get to that. Because if it weren't for another movie, he wouldn't have been able to sing in the second one. So we'll get there. Mm-hmm. He would. So Drusilla is the Brad Kane to. Um, Zac Efron, Scott Weiner. Yes. But also the funny thing, I have vivid memories. So during the High School Musical craze of that summer, I immediately watched it and like, OMG, Troy is so cute, yada yada. So I Google how, because I always did this, even in middle school, I Googled how tall Zac was and then immediately any hopes of a crush just like shriveled and died because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm in seventh grade and I'm taller than him. (laughs) (laughs) He's not a tall man. He's a beautiful hobbit. and A beautiful hobbit is the best way to say it. He really is. He grew a little bit since HSM1, but... And then got Jack to compensate for it, but still a beautiful hobbit truly so you got troy and he's just like the quintessential jock but oh he sings which archie andrews is basically well the riverdale archie andrews owes a lot to troy bolton and then we won't get into riverdale because there's there's too much we simply must not we will not speak of it in this house (laughs) but then you have gabriella montez vanessa hudgens the unbelievable indescribable vanessa hudgens baby v though i will say i am not i have to preface this because i don't want to i don't want to give away uh or give off a um false feeling i don't like vanessa hudgens at all 
I don't know why. And I'm not saying she's not a great singer. I don't like her as a judge on So You Think You Can Dance. I think she's just not qualified. And I don't... Mm, I just don't... I don't know why. I feel like it's because her voice when she's Gabriella and when she's not are so different. And it's so irritating. Like, oh my God. like I hate... I hate the high voice. I yes. hate it. The, the Gabriella voice always irritated me. Oh, it's so that's, annoying. That's why I was a Sharpay stan from day one. Yeah. Because I, I already loved the tiz from Sweet Life. Like, but, I can't. I can't with that voice. And I don't know. I just don't. I think I've liked, like, maybe three things, and that's pushing it, that she's ever done outside of High School Musical. I don't know. I don't. I will still say her performance in Grease Live is incredible. It was great unto itself, but then considering the personal circumstances, that is still a magical moment, and I commend her for that as a performer. I just, I'm like I said, I'm not knocking her abilities as a singer. I think she's great. You have to come around it in phases, because especially when you're a reality TV judge, it can definitely cloud how you view a person. Because I spent many years loathing Jennifer Lopez because of her producer-directed critiques on American Idol. And I've come around, and she's great. And she was robbed of an Oscar nomination. Ugh, and I will We be, mustn't discuss that. We mustn't discuss that injustice. I will be bitter about that until the end of time. Until the end of time. Until the end was robbed. But, yes, I'm not... I'm not a J-Hud fan. J... V, v, not V-Hud. Sorry. V-Hud. I am a J-Hud fan. That's yes. I was like, there's a lot of pop culture tangents, but how did Jennifer Hudson get into this? <laughs> I didn't mean that. I meant B Hudge. I meant B Hudge. That I, I grew to be a fan of hers, but in terms of like Gabrielle, I always found irritating. But the voice, man, uh, of that generation of Disney Channel stuff, Sneaker Night is still a bop. And that's that on that. <laughs> it cannot be argued. It's a ridiculous song, and I love it so much. But circling back to HSM one, that it is kind of like it shows how often we are having tangents. That HSM one is the least interesting of the three. But we're gonna be honest. It is, but it it's what set up. It what starts it all. It's to, it's what gave us High School Musical two. It gave us High School Musical 2 and High School Musical 3, and for that we are grateful. We are. But there are still, like, HS1's strongest suit is the songs. It's just clear and simple. Mm-hmm. That all of them are iconic unto themselves, that start of something new, it's sweet, and it's still a great karaoke jam, that... Then you have as far as Get Your Head in the Game. I usually skipped over that one, but it is fun, and it is in my Disney workout playlist. Always good. I'm working out again, and it's just... My thighs hurt. But... (laughs) So sad. Exercise. Why do we have to do it? I know. It's, It's really a shame. It's exhausting. And then... Let me pull it up. I... You can really showing how tired I am that I'm not able to name all of the HSM songs right off the bat because okay so what I've been looking for first we're starting off with the Ryan and Sharpay intro 
version because what an introduction to two characters because omg the like this the overlapping snap thing that they do of like starting it off so good i was obsessed with it it was great it was magical and then seriously one of the most iconic lines ever is when they're doing like the final pose and they're just kind of like whisper talking to each other (laughs) and sharpay says i told you not to do a jazz square and ryan says everyone everybody loves jazz squares they're everyone loves that's my favorite part because i agree so deeply with that everyone loves a jazz square they're a crowd favorite they are sometimes i just do a jazz square and call it a day just in tribute of the fabulousness that is ryan evans loved it and then troy and gabriella do like a like sweet little acoustic strip down cover of it and it's supposed to like make us think they're superior performers since it's without all the razzle dazzle but i'm bored once again the sharpe evan stan is coming through strong in this strong super strong but then we're kind of whizzing through this okay stick to the status quo (laughs) that i think is the tipping point when you're like okay this is iconic (laughs) because you get martha the like nerd that does the hip-hop and then zeke i love zeke (laughs) the creme brulee baking jock that's (gasps) just wonderful and he makes my heart happy (laughs) and then the like coded stoner but it's a decom so we can't really make it that so he's just a skater kid and he plays the cello <laughs> and then the one kid's like so stupid that he's like what is it a saw <laughs> it's like a violin <laughs> and it's the little side things of just the like the adjacent characters we're world building here and one of my favorite vocal moments for Sharpay in this movie of is in stick to the status quo of this is not what I want this is not what I planned and I just gotta say I do not understand (laughs) and then Ryan starts singing and she shushes him and uh, I don't think anyone else could have played Sharpay no one no one at all except maybe Raven oh my god but she'd already been in a decom two different decoms she'd already been uh, Nebula in Xenon, and then she was in the Cheetah Girls. Cheetah so she had her own franchises, because then it wouldn't let HSM be its own thing. It would just be another Raven vehicle. True. So I understand why they didn't go with that. Call. And this was, wasn't this like peak? No, this was post, right? That's so Raven. So this is yes, this is kind of peak. That's so Raven because it's right in between. Okay. Um, okay. Cheetah Girls one and Cheetah Girls two. Okay, 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 yeah, right, yeah. We're, we're setting the stage here. Give me a timeline, people. It, it was it was a time, and I love it. And then you have HSM's answer to Hopelessly Devoted to You, When There Was Me and You, mm-hmm. which Miss Gabriella in her little low-rise jeans and the blue t-shirt and gorgeous lighting. She looks fabulous in the scene, I will say that. She looked is. a little. I like didn't the like one her scene on the balcony when like all. the sunlight's behind her and her hair just looks majestic, and even I could admit I was like, okay, you're really pretty. I'll give you that, and just kind of does the like 
basically writhing against the staircase to show her sadness but it's like it once again is bringing the cheesiness factor of what makes hsm so great because this is like the like act two misunderstanding of because they bring in the like very obvious webcam to tape troy like saying that he doesn't care about the musical and stuff when it's like chad you're not very subtle dude right and troy must be very dumb not to notice this giant camera that's just like positioned in the corner so ridiculous there are many reasons people may like troy bolton it is not his smarts he sings he has nice hair well it's not his hair in the first one yeah although it was it was of the time yeah but because that that haircut pervaded everywhere like tangent number 11 Mm. that we've done so far but i was instagram stalking pilot pete aka the bachelor and looking at like early pics and stuff and he definitely in his teen years had a troy bolton haircut at one point and i was like haha everyone had it it was too like from 2006 to 2008 everyone had the swoopy bang and just kind of floppy hair for better or worse the best is the dudes that flat iron their hair in that period we're not discussing that it's too much to i i have too many feelings yeah and now as far as towards the end of the movie the last three songs in the movie are the most iconic and so we might have to take a second to give each of them their due so first off bop to the top bop 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 to the top slip and slide and ride that rhythm jump and pop okay we're gonna only do small segments so we don't get copyright flagged and right that'll be okay we don't own the rights to these songs we don't if we say it it's fine fair use we're commentating it's not gonna get into copyright (laughs) law because most of the time they don't even listen but fair use is a thing anywho bop to the top it's my favorite song from this movie because once again i was obsessed with sharpay because i was a kid in drama and i was a kid that felt like this so a kid in drama in a texas high school where well middle school but it carried on over where in texas schools athletics is everything like in hsm it's basketball but like football rules overall like the athlete kids can do whatever they want they gotta buy from teachers but like the drama kids it's just kind of a weird little side thing and all of that and no respect right and so sharpay is her most unapologetic fabulous self um i actually i modeled the outfit that i wore to my first day of eighth grade after Sharpay's ensemble and stick to the status quo. Not mad at I that. Found, I found a gold brocade blazer. Wow, with, I'm here for that. Yes, with kind of like, it was a white tank top with pearls on it and I wore it with white jeans and then like gold wedges. And the wedges made me so tall that I accidentally like ran over but pedestrian style ran over a sixth grader and like accidentally knocked her into her locker oh and it felt really bad because she was like so like under my sight line i didn't even see her there (laughs) and 
these are the moments of Maddie being tall and awkward in her adolescence because especially in that time period I grew about like five inches in one summer it was ridiculous but I don't know what that's like hashtag short problems yeah sorry about that but anywho yeah I, I just, I always love Sharpay. She was so extra and so just unapologetically her. And I already loved Ashley Tisdale. And so that she's still one of my favorite characters of all time. And then Ryan. Ryan is one that you appreciate over time. He was overlooked in the beginning because Zac Efron was the big heartthrob. And Corbin had the, like, fantastic hair. But... Ryan's a so Lucas Grabiel is a real talent. He is. Remember those Disney Mania albums where they'd have like various. Well, first it used to be like legit celebrities, and then it just became like whoever's on Disney Channel at the time to cover various like classic Disney songs right. from the animated movies. His cover of "Go the Distance" is still one of my favorites from that whole Disney Mania era because it's it's legit good. Because he had just kind of that classic musical theater vocal, but he also had great comedic timing because Ryan's actually a hilarious character, and there's all the coded stuff that is not really acknowledged or we didn't really realize at the time, but you definitely catch on repeated viewings. But Ryan's just awesome. He is. And so, then I... So pop to the top, it's clever lyrics, the choreography, once again, shout out to Kenny Ortega, a little bit of cha-cha, there's just jazzy funness, and, like, it's just, it's so ridiculous, because there's, like, the random Spanish that, let's be real, Ashley Tisdale and Lucas Grabiel are two, like, the whitest people ever, and so it makes it hilarious that they're doing, like, this full-on salsa number, but... So weird. It it's is, like the Julianne Huff Derek Huff stuff right there. Yes, it is. Because even had though the, own, that always is so weird. The film's set in Albuquerque, but like was actually filmed in Utah, and it's like the Utah is jumping out. <laughs> but it's just it's so great, and I love the point when Mrs. Darbus is in the audience and like kind of miming the choreography along with them because she's just like into it. It's very Mean Girls Mom. It is, <laughs> but possibly even more amazing. True. And so, ball to the top. Listen to it again. Revisit because it's often overlooked in the canon of HSM music. Because then there's songs that were literally inescapable, such as Breaking Free. And Megan, did you kind of as far as would you do like the where when you're listening to it you kind of run around the room and do like the flying motions? Mm-hmm. I get very okay. interactive. For any of the high school musical soundtracks for sure very interactive because once again easy enough choreography to follow along to but mainly it's just kind of like running around and it's also a classic choreography or not choreography karaoke fave 
True. Uh, yeah, I whenever I um, listen to any of them, I am always going full out because, I mean, you've seen the movie so many times, so you think, well, if I know the moves, why not do them? And I'm very... I mostly listen to the second soundtrack, though. That's when I really get into it, especially with one very particular song, which we can't talk about yet, because we're, we're building up to it. We're building up to it, but during one very particular song, I get very into it. Very into it, because because that's what it calls for. It, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, uh, it's also, I don't know, you have to do it. You would know the move, so why not? Totally. And then... Once again, it is one of those moments where you really realize kind of the drastic difference between Zac Efron and Drew Seeley's vocal is, <laughs> I think, breaking free. It's more apparent than anything else in that movie. True. Because the first two lines are Zac and kind of have a little bit of that nasally affect that he has, that he still has like a little bit, even in his like greatest showman days. Mm-hmm. But... It makes it, like, it adds character to it. He's honed it. But it was very strong in those couple lines of music. And then you get the very rounded vowels and just kind of that smoother tone that Drew Seeley has for the rest of the song. And you're like, oh, well, it's totally not even remotely the same people. Right. And it takes you out, but it also is just part of the charm of just the 2006 Disney Channel of it all. True. And, of course, it's one of those things of just then, like, the whole crowd gets into it and they're clapping in the audience and Troy's dad who hasn't understood him and why he wants to do musical theater is now like all for it. Right. And and same with Gabriella's mom who wants her to focus on math and you're like, LOL. (laughs) When in reality, like just because of the high school climate, since we were kind of both in that like similar age range as the characters, Mm -hmm. like having a little bit of arts interest in high school would be encouraged because everyone is so freaked out about college applications that I don't know how high pressure your environment was, but it's like, you need to have athletics and math and also have like a little bit of like fine arts to show that you're like a well-rounded human to get into whatever it is. Oh yeah. Except my school was extremely competitive and like, (laughs) yeah, it was, it was a lot. So they were like, unless you're in this percentile, well, good luck getting in. They literally had to get rid of class. Like, they got rid of class rank after my grade because we were all too competitive. <laughs> if that gives you any indication of what kind of high school I was at. <laughs> you know what I mean? Ugh. But yeah, it was, I mean, everyone freaks out and they're like, you have to be in this, this, and this. So do this, this, and this. Yeah, it's, uh. Yeah, but it's like, you know, it's kind of what they learn not to stick to the status quo and you brought it back around. You brought it back around. I did to the status quo. I think that's honestly where I learned the term status quo. I would assume that's where a lot of people learned it from a whole generation. Truly. And to segue they learn to as far as stick it to the status quo and they break free 
and because Troy and Gabriella broke free, everyone realizes that they're all in this together. We're all in this together. Okay, that's enough. I was doing, like, the, you know, the polling motion in front of, like, the lunges. Yes. I was right there with you. Yes, completely. I totally did them in my seat at D23 when the High School Musical, the musical, the series cast performed that number. (laughs) And I was like, I can't. I I can't not do it. It's, It's just ingrained. It's just ingrained, and you can't. It's like a, it's like a, it's second nature now. Everyone learned the choreography to that song, at least, like, literally, everyone knows, everyone of a certain age group knows, like, at least a couple parts of it. Yeah. To, like, even recently when, like, Kel Mitchell did a We're All In This Together number on Dancing With The Stars, I totally followed along in the parts that were still kind of the original choreography. Because you knew Whitney knew all of it. You knew Whitney knew. Whitney totally knew. She knew it. I wouldn't... Do you think Whitney might have been in it? I would almost want to, like, relook at the backgrounds because it was Utah. It was. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, Whitney or Lindsay is in the background somewhere. Or they might have been too young. I don't know. Because she's also tiny. So I imagine when she was younger, she looked, like, really young. Oh... Whitney and Lindsay are in High School Musical 3. Of course they are. They're in High School Musical 3. They're in the lunchroom number. That makes sense. Because then that puts them more at like the right age range. Oh, that's so funny. Because it's Utah. And of course it's it's uh, Whitney and... Uh, Whitney and Lindsay. And Lindsay, because you know they're inseparable. And just look like Barbies. Yeah. She was in High School Musical 3. Okay, this is what it said. Because it said, she said when I did High School Musical, but it's, she was in High School Musical 3. 3. You know that girl knows that number. Yeah, but she totally knows the choreography too. The (laughs) OG. Of course she does. Of course she does. Oh my god, Allison was in it too. Oh my god, that's so funny. Sorry, but Whitney and Lindsay for sure. Yeah. So, full confession here that neither Megan or myself actually did watch the movies this week. This is just from, like, memory. memory, (laughs) Just because we've all seen it so many times. So many times. It's just ingrained in our psyche. And so, like, we could just close our eyes and have the whole trilogy just play in front of us oh yeah but talking about it totally does make me want to watch it again which is kind of the point of this podcast so hey we're doing something and so we're at 40 minutes and we're not even into hsm2 yet so we should get on that we should move along there have been this is i think without doubt the most tangent filled episode that we've done for sure But like we said, it's an entire era of pop culture that you can almost six degrees of Kevin Bacon, but it's six degrees of HSM. Truly. Literally all of the pop culture news of our youth. True. It's true. And then, so HSM is the OG, but HSM 2 
That's when it's the movie that launched launched a thousand memes. I I went to Disneyland and not long after High School Musical two opened or like premiered on uh, Disney TV, Channel? right? And it was everywhere in Disneyland. You couldn't go anywhere. And that they had like the parade where they had High School Musical actor quotes there's quotes actors and they were dancing and they were singing and it was a whole like high school musical 2 thing and that's where i bought the soundtrack and my mom was like probably so done with me by the time we got home she's like please stop listening to this soundtrack but well, i i couldn't question for you yes did you listen to what time is it at the end of literally every school year One i wish i would have I wish I would have. I always did. Like, even into college, I would probably make like a what time is it related Facebook post. I could probably dig it up. But because it became the anthem of summer beginning. What time is it? And then the party's just begun from Cheetah Girls 2. Those are what I start my summer with. Possibly to this day. I support you, though. It's a great opening. It is. I, I really wish I would have thought to... I probably did it, like, in the summer. Actually, I know I did it once. And I think just once. Maybe, like, after my senior year ended, probably. Yeah. When it, I was ready to be out there. And so let's be real. As far as plot, is pretty much tertiary to High School Musical, any of the movies. So we can kind of break it down song by song because that's where all of the craziness and the cheesiness and the fabulousness and the melodrama and possibly the best the best musical number of our time. <sighs> Is it time? We'll get there. Oh, fine. We'll, we'll get to this in a second. So we've covered what time is it? Then there is Fabulous. <gasps> that is a classic. I, I use gifts from that on the regular. That when I'm feeling a little self-indulgent and high maintenance. Because I want more. <laughs> it's just... Sharpay should be so off-putting. But it's just... She should be. Ashley Tisdale's delivery on the stuff. Just, it's... Fantastic. It almost, it gives me Reese Witherspoon vibes. From like yeah. Legally Blonde? Yeah. So there's okay. shades of Elle Woods in there. Mm-hmm. But just Elle Woods, that's a little bit more narcissistic and just kind of self-involved. But it's kind of, you can tell, Sharpay gets her validation from being a performer. And so that's, she's just always on. She's always in full show mode, if you will. And it's Which most evident and, f- and fabulous because she has iced tea imported from England and turkey imported from Turkey. No, turkey's imported from Maine. Towels oh, that's are imported right. From Turkey. That's right. You're right. And lifeguards guards in- imported from Spain. Yes, you're right. <laughs> because she's a queen, and I just I love her. This was, I think, the song I sang the most from this movie. Well, actually, second. 
You know, we can't include that. We can't include that in terms of anything. That's it. It's on its own tier. It is. So excluding the most important. Yes. But this was like my most repeated number. And then work this out as kind of like the number that you skip when listening. There's a couple ones that you skip in this soundtrack. But the like the highs are the highs are high. Yes. Yes. And so the lows are just kind of meh. But you just skip them in in lieu of just some truly iconic moments. And so You Were the Music and Me is just kind of cute. It's trying to kind of capture that breaking free vibe. But it's just cute. And you kind of, you ship Troy and Gabrielle. And the whole thing of HSM2 is you're just ready for them to kiss, dang it. Because also at this time, Zach and Vanessa are dating. So it's like... This is basically us getting to see Zach and Vanessa kiss without it being like creepy and paparazzi, you know? So that's why we all want Troy and Gabrielle. And this to kiss. is while they're dating and in so, real life. It's cute. They still don't this kiss you. while they're then dating. There's I Don't Dance, which. How this, so, how this song has not been featured fun. on Dancing with the Stars yet boggles the mind. Because, oh no, <gasps> no, oh no, where'd you go? Okay. Okay, so we had a little technical difficulty, so Megan's Wi-Fi briefly dis- disconnected, so we kicked her out, and because I'm ranting about High School Musical 2, I talked for a solid five minutes without even noticing that she wasn't replying to anything. <laughs> because that's what happens so we were last talking about you're the music and me Mm -hmm. and yeah we we were that's kind of the whole point of hsm2 is the build-up of like troy and gabriella need to kiss because we want to watch zach and vanessa kiss right because this is at like peak while they're dating yeah this they started dating by now yeah like zach's in the say okay music video like that kind of stuff that it's very akin to Camp Rock, too, when we all wanted to watch Joe and Demi kiss. But, mm-hmm. separate topic. So, anyway, I don't dance. I don't dance. I know you do. Did you do? I love the, I love the choreography I love this that. number. How I Don't Dance has never been featured in a Dancing with the Stars number. I, I thought they did know. it when, I thought they did it with Corbin, didn't they? They didn't. I thought they did. They did not. Huh. Which That's boggles the mind. Because there's like... That was a missed opportunity. Because there's like great spots for like Lindy Hop and all this great stuff. So Lucas Graviel and Corbin Blue really get to shine in this number. And in a way that they didn't really get to display their talents quite as much in the first movie as in this moment. And it's just so great. And Ryan and Chad's dynamic is hilarious and super fun. And the choreography though. It's the baseball bats. It's baseball. It's hip hop. It's swing dancing. It's everything. It's so good. It's so Kenny Ortega. And I love it. I love it. I love it. And also in the Disney workout playlist. But it's just a lot of fun. And then now, rewatching it as an adult, you realize 
So Chad and Ryan switch clothes at the end? Hmm. That's kind of weird. That's really weird. But you can, as far as think about that, if you as you will, maybe there's there's probably some fanfic about that. Actually, you can count on there probably being fanfic about that. Probably. Um, search at your own risk. But it's it's just so much fun. Like I think it's the most fun number in the whole thing. And then you have, like, Sharpay's super jazzy version of You Are the Music and Me that has, like, crazy pyro, and her costume is insane because it's, like, this super tiny skirt with this, like, turquoise halter, and there's, like, a giant bow at the back, and it's just, it's so much. It's so beyond extra, and, like, Zack slash Troy just looks, like, panicked and, like, what the heck is going on the entire time. Oh, yeah. You almost get a little bit of that, like, like Clark and Swagger a little bit through it, but that's a fun number. But now it is time. It is time to discuss. (sighs) So first off, one thing to preface. High School Musical 2 is very unique in the fact that, so they released their soundtrack five days before the movie came out. So I listened to the soundtrack voraciously, and my favorite song on it, by a mile, was bet on it. Cause oh, when you it's ju- time. Because when you just hear the audio, so this was before seeing a single clip of the movie, and you just hear the audio of the song, it's a, just a really great song. And I was like, dude, this is just so cool. And I feel like this is going to launch Zac Efron into being the next Justin Timberlake, that it's just kind of his badass pop song. And then the movie happens. And so Troy's in all black because he is at his saddest point. And he needs to sing about his feelings. But can we talk about really quickly that this is actually Zac Efron singing this time. Yes. And it is only because he got the role in Hairspray Hairspray. and sang as Link Larkin. That is the only reason he was allowed to sing in High School Musical 2. Speaking of Oscar snubs... I, I remember young Maddie was very mad that Ladies' Choice didn't get nominated. Oh, that's my jam! A jam. Oh, it's my jam! Oh, I love so, that song so much. We are back to the golf course. Troy is in all black. He needs to sing about his emotions. He's having a lot of feelings. He a needs, lot of feelings. He needs to yank up some uh, sand from the the, uh, the bunkers. What are, what are those called? They're bunkers. Sure. <laughs> Jeez, can you tell how much I know about golf? See, golf is the one sport I know about. So, I know. my family, we don't watch football. We watch golf. Oh, I know nothing about golf. And my parents were very heavily into golf. Valid. But, anywho. The thing is, he doesn't just need to sing about his feelings. He, he puts his whole dance. body into this. He's a- Dance his feelings. Yes, he's going to dance. <laughs> I would die to hear what Kenny Ortega's direction is during this. I want to hear what the pitch is for this. <laughs> okay, just, Zach, you're going to be sad, but you're going to need to dance it out interpretively. And you're going to need There's to th- angst. You're going to need to... <laughs> I, can't, I can't. Frolic. Angsty frolic. I can't. It's 
until the 2019 Tom Hooper film Cats came, Bet On It is the most ridiculous piece of entertainment in existence. I mean, it's just so ridiculous, but everyone loves that song so but much. But I love it so much, because the song is a bop, but the ridiculousness of the choreography and... You have to give credit where credit is due. Zach is going for it. He goes for it so hard. So hard. He is making choices. And In all the best ways. So it's just so fun because he's such like, they main Troy Bolton this like super athlete harp throw guy and he's literally frolicking. Oh, he's frolicking so much, in sadness. So, oh, because he's like flinging sadness. his That's arms out and spinning, and there's fist pumping, <laughs> and he falls to his knees a couple times. There's jumps and there's golf swings and choreography involving the golf club. Oh, then, you can't make this stuff up. And then it gets to the bridge, and he goes to the water to look at his reflection. <laughs> To see how far he has changed this summer. And to reflect his choices. I can't. <laughs> look at it all. To it's see yourself. literally the most absurd thing Out you'll ever see. Own. It's such a scary place. It's so, it's so it's obnoxious. And I'm dead. Even... At this point, because it was pretty much just like a year later, because they cashed in on that baby fast. So, yeah, I'm like eighth or ninth grade at this point. Yes, it was eighth grade, because I modeled my first day of freshman year outfit after Gabriella and What Time Is It? Support you. Sense of pattern. (laughs) But, yeah, so even eighth grade Maddie could recognize, this is ridiculous. Ridiculous. It's so, so over the top and obnoxious. It's hashtag too much, but it's also so amazing. great. You know how last year the theme of the Met Gala was camp? Mm-hmm. How did no one have a bed on it themed look? That, oh, that would have been great. Because, you know, there were the guys that were boring and dressed in all black anyway. Well, what they needed to do was, like, dress in all black, but then have, like, a train that was the golf course to oh. symbolize. Because before young Maddie couldn't know what camp was because he needed to be exposed to more culture, that this is camp right here. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. All those, like, articles during the Met Gala of, like, what is camp? It should have just been a link to this video. Honestly. Can we make bet on it, like, the new Rickroll, where as far as just different things, it doesn't matter what the topic is, the link is just to the video of bet on it? Well, to be, a f- to be fair, for a few months there was a meme going around of Zac Efron from that dance. Oh, there's there's a million memes from this number. Because there was a period recently where it did fully get back. And he looked, and, and he's like, he has his hands off to the side, and he's like, what? He's he's singing his feelings. Yes, but in the... In the it's meme. at his most emotive. Yes. And it's just great. Oh, it's fantastic. Are you kidding me? Like, I almost, like, I'm trying to picture... 
if there was like more like truly dance choreography instead of him just jumping and frolicking and being angst-ridden. But I, I think you can't take it away. You can't put the genie back in the bottle. Once you can't. This is what this song is now. There's There's no listening to it again without thinking about the choreography. Correct. I had five days where I got to listen to it on loop before I had any of those notions, and the song was totally different in my mind. But as soon as I saw that, that summer, my world was changed, and it will never be the same. (laughs) And I think that's a good thing. I agree. Because bet on it. Okay. So I was notified that my audio is very loud and maybe clipping. And so but I think it's worth it. We knew that we were going to get excited with bet on it. I'll try oh. my hardest in the editing, but listeners, I am so sorry if you were listening to this with headphones and I destroyed your ears, but we were excited. Because uh, it's bet on it. It is. And you can bet on it. You sure can. Ugh. I just, my heart is so happy now. Like, I think there was like a literal flood of like serotonin that just came through of just thinking about that song. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's so good. It's just great. It is. I love it so much. It's just, ugh. But on it, it's just... You can't go wrong, and you and you hear it now, even so many years later, and you're like, "Oh man, that's still it." Still hits the same. There's no, there's not like, "Ugh, I don't want to listen to the song." It's like, "Yes, I want to hear the song." It's just, ugh, it still hits just right. Still slaps. It re- it still just hits the same. Hasn't lost its luster yet. It and I don't think it ever will. It really won't. And honestly, there are other songs in HSM too, but like every day is there? meh, all for one, meh. That is the peak. That is the peak of the entire trilogy. It does it get better than this? No. So let's go ahead. We're not going to be as linear from this point because bet on it has destroyed our sanity and nothing is the same. So, the follow-up to Bet On It in High School Musical 3 is Scream, which... Uh-huh. Makes mm-hmm. choices. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I love it. Obviously, Bet On It is the supreme, but it is a worthy follow-up. Like, there's... He dancing for some dollars up in there. He is. But first, there's there's so many layers to it. It's like a hat on a hat situation. That so first, it's raining basketballs because of course it is. That, <laughs> yeah. So there's like it's raining basketballs, and then he's just throwing some of them angstily because now, he, once again, Troy has angst. Bless his heart, he's still torn. Basketball yeah. or theater. Which to which shall I go? He's in a he's in a very Robert Frost scenario, but you know what Robert Frost didn't do? Sing about his feelings. 
I, I think I can't might have gone scream. differently. I can't with Scream. It's so over the top. They're doing everything. But the thing is, is they did that because they knew how much everyone loved Bet on it. So they're exactly. like, well, so we they're have to like, do oh, you like version. that? And I'm like, mm, you're still not better than Bet on it. But it's still great in its own way. Is it? We might have to, this might be our first of, yeah, is it? Mm. I love this song. Obviously, Ben on it is king, but this is a prince. And he's just in a wife beater and jeans. Well, he, part of it, and then he's in his basketball jersey for a good amount. It's it's a basketball jersey and jeans. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. First, first. Sorry, it's white, though. No. It, it's the red basketball jersey. Zach Efron Scream. I'm Google imaging this. Okay. He's in the Don't question Maddie on HSM knowledge. So first, he walks in. It's raining to show the distraughtness <laughs> of his heart. And he's in a black hoodie. And there's like a pause, I think, for literally like five or ten seconds where he's just staring directly into camera in I a black hoodie to show his angst. Man, and then he takes it off. It was so we white. get shirtlessness. And then we get the red jersey. Oh, and so first there's the raining basketballs. And then he's going... <laughs> this is so stupid, the raining basketballs. And then he's headbanging through the hallway where then he bangs the lockers. <laughs> and then it becomes an in-sync video where the hallway starts rotating. Because that's normal. <laughs> Oh God! They tried to make bet on it in a bigger and better way, and it's like and that, so. And we're not done yet, because then then you go from the God. rotating hallway to then he's going down the cafeteria stairs, where there's the giant like banners that literally are like two stories tall of like the basketball team that what high school prints out literally none. That's what two-story banners of their basketball players and so then he just he's like dancing down the stairs and then just yanks the banner and then to Megan's favorite part then he heads into the theater for the finale <laughs> and is straight up magic mike xxl dancing on the theater ropes god it's, it's magic my one of my friends who had been friends who i have been we're still friends. Who I've been friends with since we were twelve. We went and saw. We had just graduated high school a couple months before this, so we were like, "Oh, let's go have all the feels. We'll go see senior year together." Because this one was in a the theater. This one it came was. out in theaters. This, this one, was in theaters. This wasn't on Disney Channel. This was on in theaters. And so we went, and there was like no one in our theater. And I was like, "Oh my god." I have, we'll go see it. So we're both sitting there and we are so happy there's almost no one in there because we're laughing so hard because we're just like, this is the most ridiculous. How do I process what I'm watching? We could not stop laughing. It was so, <laughs> so ridiculous. It's everything, truly. 
And so, yeah, so he finishes out the number. Like, seriously, though, if there is a third Magic Mike movie, we need Zac Efron and Corbin Blue to reunite as, as dancers in it, and it would be everything. This is this is my millennial heart's desires, and it would just be great. And so then the whole number, because it's Scream, then it just ends with him going, Ah! Oh, yeah. It's, <laughs> and it's so stupid. <laughs> it's so great. I love it so much. It's so dumb. And speaking of Zach and Corbin, also dumb. Dumber in a different way, but also kind of hits the nostalgia a little bit. The Boys Are Back is then this number that they do in the junkyard together for, like, it's their bro-friendship dance. And it, it's Kenny going all out. And oh, yeah. Th- the boys step it up, but you're just like, ugh. So much of three is like because they had to go bigger and better because it is in the theaters. It's not just a decom this time, and they did have a legit budget. Because actually, the movie does look nice. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, that number is kind of ridiculous. And then, so everyone kind of just has their over the top moment. Because then, boys are back. Is the like bro friendship moment the bromanty moment but sharpay and ryan my faves the evan siblings or are they twins i guess if they're in the same grade yeah they graduated at the same time yeah so they're, they're twins. twins just you know yeah so they have their over the top moment as well and i want it all and i love it oh yeah I want it all as a jam. It was a mantra. It because I was it still is. Because I was like lower classman high school in terms of when this came out, and this was me dreaming of like the promises I received from my drama teacher of oh when you're a senior you'll like get everything, and this is me in that dream of just like. Imagine first audition after college, I get the lead. Apart from me, well, of course. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, my queen. I love her. I wanted to be her so bad. And like they stepped it up. Ashley has some great extensions in this movie. Oh, she got her some real good point. extensions. And then she has like the Chicago wig and this one also the choreography knocks it out of the park because the full like super musical theater ending but what i love too is that they include like the other cast members in it as well because then like troy's like the obsessed sharpay fan and then gabrielle is like her assistant slash maid just like (laughs) it's oprah calling again and you're just like it's it's too much but i love it I really do. It's so much fun. And there's like a full on kick line and it's just theatrical and majestic and Sharpay and Ryan deserve the world. True. There was a reason they were the lead in all the things because they put on a show. They really did. Because Troy and Gabriella's stuff is just schmaltzy and cute, but it's not show stopping like a Ryan and Sharpay number. 
and that is why their numbers will always be my favorite. Except for angsty Troy needs to sing about his feelings numbers. That's a special category. Important. It really is. And so, speaking of Troy and Gabriella Schmaltz, Can I Have This Dance is a great number. It really is. Once again, how has it not been featured on Dancing with the Stars? We've done a billion Disney nights. Maybe they just need to do an HSM night. That'd be great. Speaking that into the universe now so they can do Can I Have This Dance? I Don't Dance. All of the dancing. True. Very true. And then have Corbin be a guest judge. Like, it, it's not that hard, people. Why don't they just put us in charge of ABC? Because they don't they won't listen to us. I mean, do they realize we have a podcast? Like, we have a following. True. Oh, well, I'm <laughs> laughing about that. But Give it time. Although, you that... listening to it, we love you. Yes. And thank you for the super self-indulgent episode. We promise to be more concise in other things, but... We got overambitious and decided, hey, let's just talk about three of our favorite, like, musicals ever and try to keep this under two hours. <laughs> we'll see how that works. And so, yeah, I want it all I love. Can I have this dance is sweet? Like, it, it's a cute shippery moment and... I may or may have not done like, you know, like the waltz turns that they do. Like, I may have done that in my room before where you do the spins where you're in ballroom holds, but just without a dude there. So your just hands are just kind of awkwardly up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the single struggle is real. <laughs> but likely if there's a guy that knows HSM3 choreography, the likelihoods of him of you being the one that he's interested in are slim. Let's just say that. True. (laughs) True, true, true. And so also in terms of over the top fabulousness, because I was in prep for this, I've been listening to the soundtracks again. So what just came on while I was pulling into the apartment, Now or Never is a great way to start the movie. Because it was... Like, it's super dynamic, and there's, like, a lot of fun, and it's, like, the full-on basketball game, but with anything with a marching band is always great. Like, drum lines just rock. It's a, There's a reason why Homecoming is just the best thing ever. But the High School Musical equivalent of that, Now or Never, is just a lot of fun of 16, 16, 16 minutes left, better get it done. So ridiculous. And now any time that there's ever, like... <clears throat> anything related to the number 16 or like 16 minutes from something you have to sing it it's just it is what it is there are certain numbers that are associated with songs 22 you sing taylor swift these are just so anything related to 16 it's now or never time true and honestly if if actual basketball games were like this number, I would watch basketball. But alas, they are not. And so they're just loud and you're watching dudes run back and forth. There's no choreography. The game doesn't stop for one girl just singing the, the lead player's name really loudly. <laughs> These are things that don't happen. But seriously, the ridiculousness of the try... Right now I can hardly breathe. Oh. 
<laughs> I just, I love these ridiculous movies so much. They're so much fun. They're so ridiculous. And let's be real, this one, we both cried. Yes. Yes, we did. I think mine was mostly because... It was less on the movie itself, but also both for stages of life that we were in when we viewed it. Right. Like I said, I saw this when with one of my best friends from when I was 12 and I was 18. Uh, no. When did this come out? October? October of 2008. Okay. I'm now freshly 19. So I've been friends with this person for like seven years already. Very close to a decade. We watched it a few months after we had graduated from high school ourselves, so we were both a little emotional. Yeah, and then I saw it as far as, so my sister was a junior in high school when I saw this, and she was already like looking at colleges, and most of them were fairly far away, and by the time it got to like all the like senior year stuff and focusing and then like the speech of like once a wildcat always a wildcat and them on the stage together one last time yeah I was like weeping towards the end of it because it was just hitting home that my sister was going to graduate within about a year and leave me and so I was just like feeling a lot of feelings because here I am saying goodbye to some of my fave characters Sharpay whom I love and not too long I will have to say goodbye to my sister and so it just it hit the feels you know Mm -hmm. and so yeah this these three movies it's a legacy that it was a phenomenon that like literally a generation they hold these songs and these characters in her heart and it launched careers like ranging from A-list to Broadway to like just a lot of great mainstream success varying between the cast members but all of them we still remember and have a lot of great fondness for and the soundtrack track still holds up and is still in my rotation on the regular true and so I think about it still as far as like in the span of the decoms and everything it definitely launched a, a specific era and so brought musicals back because shortly after this we get cheetah girls 2 which is my favorite decom of all time cheetah girls cheetah sisters well that was beforehand this is i know but i just i want yeah. it you you hear it and you have to say it i i support that and then it led to as far as camp rock and then the new generations i'm not familiar like i kind of tapped out on the disney channel stuff once you got to like Teen Beach, Descendants, Zombies, that kind of thing. Yeah, but that I've never even new generations those. have it, but it it really brought the musical back, like in the sense of besides just like the big prestige Oscar movie musicals of like Chicago and stuff that HSM in two thousand six made everyone love like si- just silly fun musicals again, mm-hmm. and honestly. I'm making a very hot take here. If HSM didn't sweep the nation, we wouldn't have a Mamma Mia movie. You think? Well, because, like, Happy Musicals came back. So HSM leads to Hairspray, which leads to Mamma Mia. So it's kind of a, like, chain reaction. But I think HSM is at the start of it. Because 
before that, any of the musicals that were getting greenlit were very serious. And it was very, like, prestige-focused. And after HSM, people were like, oh, we can have musicals that are just silly and fun. And so there's some on the decom level, but then you get, like, the theatrical ones, like your Hairsprays, your Mamma Mia, your Mamma Mia 2, Here We Go Again. Yes, we love. We do. And as far as it all kind of spawns from this moment. And now you get like reinterpretation of high school, the musical, the musical, the series, and which kind of, it gives stuff for a new generation to enjoy and kind of bring that magic of like the ones who were barely kids when they saw it. And, but then also gives us part of that magic back to the fans who loved it so much in the first place. And so uh, excited to talk about that next week, but HSM definitely has a strong legacy. It does. It does. Like, there's really nothing super problematic that shows up in, like, years retrospect. As far as mainly some of just the, like, coding with Ryan that could have been a bit more progressive. But everything else holds up, like, majorly. The songs are still fantastic. The choreography is wonderful and delightful. And it's just a good time. True, I agree. And I, I, I still just love it dearly. Agreed. Agreed. And so thank you for joining us on this ride. For this extra long one. Ex- this is our supersized episode. And <laughs> how many tangents do you think we took, Megan? Like 402, at least. Sounds about right. And so this is a cornerstone that next week we will be doing a deep dive of the first season of high school the musical the musical the series so a nice little follow-up so we're we're gonna keep the wildcats music or spirit alive i probably will still be doing the chant next week that's okay and because it's what it calls for so i saw the first two episodes uh, right when as far as Disney Plus launched but I'm super behind and so I'm going to be binging that the rest of this week so as per usual with our podcast we are very spoiler centric so if you're worried about getting spoiled on those new episodes binge it this week it's a lot of fun I've heard great things from those who have like finished the series and stuff and it's a super talented cast and as far as the episodes are only like 30 minutes long. So that way it'll be an easy binge between now and next week. And so once again, um, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. And so those five-star reviews are super helpful, especially with Apple Podcast visibility. And so appreciate that. And then you can also follow us on Twitter at Once Upon a Stream and as far as we'll kind of tease new episodes and have all the links on there as well. Once again, I've been Maddie Shook. I'm Megan Mann. And one more time. What team? Wildcats! <laughs> <laughs>